Good morning. Hope you got your popcorn ready. We're going to have some fun this morning. My name is Bill Jones, and I'm a member here at Lake Hills Church and a member of the board. And as a member of the board, I know how hard Mac and Julie work. So we're appreciative when you indulge them and let them have a little time away from us. We, we think we're great, but sometimes we can be a little tiring. At the movies. So y'all know that when Mac's not here and I teach, we show movies. Somebody squealed on me and ratted me out. The good news is Mac thought it was a great idea. And so he actually initiated a summer-long series called At the Movies. And these services are a little different than your traditional services. So y'all hang on, get your popcorn ready. We're going to have some fun this morning as we talk about what can we draw out of movies in terms of biblical truths. We're going to talk today about signs. That is, those things that God reveals to us to show us he is there. Those things that are natural or supernatural events that points to Jesus as Savior so that we will believe and have a life in him. And we'll go into more detail about that description in just a moment. Sometimes signs are misunderstood. Sometimes they're misused and often not, not quite clear on what they mean. This past week, my assistant sent me a text, and I'm going to share the text with you. I was preparing for this lesson. She had no idea what I was going to speak on. She had no idea. But I want to share with you the text that she sent me last Thursday morning, 11.20 a.m., as I'm getting ready for the lesson. Put the text up there. You see the picture with the big X in the sky above her house? And it looks kind of like a UFO floating out there. I don't know what's going on. She goes, what kind of sign from God is this? Should I be scared? Now, I started to, I started to tweet back uh, or just text back, yeah, you should run for the county line. But instead, I said, come to church on Sunday at LHC. I'm actually speaking on signs. But we get stuff that happens, and we wonder, is this a sign? Is God trying to tell me something? How do we get signs? When do we get signs, and what do they mean? We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about it in the context of one of my favorite movies, Castaway. Johnita and I have stop and watch movies. If you don't know what a stop and watch movie is, if you're surfing channels and a movie pops up, it's one that you will stop and watch, no matter where it is in the movie. It's one of our favorites. If you ever come to the ranch and we sit around the bonfire, we may ask you that question. What's your stop and watch movie? Well, Castaway is ours. If you've seen the movie, you know it's starring Tom Hanks as a guy by the name of Chuck Nolan, who's a Federal Express executive. And he's on a plane that crashes in the ocean, and he is the lone survivor of that plane, and he's washed up on an island. He's by himself, is uninhabited, and he has to try to survive. Now, we're going to watch a couple of clips this morning as you get your popcorn ready, and I want you to notice the signs in these clips. One of them involves a package that washes up on shore. Several of the packages that were on the plane wash up on shore, and he's going through them to try to figure out what's in them that will help him survive. And I want you to look for the sign. And then the next clip that will immediately follow will 
introduce you to a very important character. This character is probably the most recognized non-human character of all times, of all movies. It's a volleyball, and its name is affectionately called Wilson. And you're going to get to see his first interaction with Wilson, his first words to Wilson, and a sign. Now, one of the signs that you're going to see is true, and one of the signs is a lie. And I'm going to tell you now, Wilson is going to be a problem. Get your popcorn ready. Let's watch a movie. Happy birthday. The most beautiful thing in the world is, of course, the world itself. Johnny, have the happiest birthday ever score your wouldn't match by a chance, would you? Oh, oh, oh. The air got to it. The air got to it!
Isn't that great? Just awesome. Fire! Now, one sign points to the truth. One sign points to a lie. Now, Wilson is going to become a problem, which we'll talk about later, because of what it represents. But let's first talk about signs. What are the purposes of signs? Why do we even get them? Let's look at... John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, and we'll see why we get signs. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The whole purpose of signs is to believe. So they, A, point to Jesus as Savior, and give us the promised life. Every sign that Jesus performed was to get people to believe and to believe that he came to save. And I like the fact that John points out, look, there was a bunch of other stuff he did that I can't record. It's just too many to record. That's fascinating to me that he did not only the things that we know about, changing the water to wine and making the bread and the fish feed 5,000 and raising Lazarus from the dead. He's saying there's a bunch of others out there that I didn't even write down. Signs all to point to Jesus as the Messiah and to promise a life in his name. Now, it doesn't promise a life free from conflict, as we're about to see. It doesn't promise a life free from health issues or family issues or business issues. This says a life in his name. Now, the next thing we know is that there are sign blockers. There are sign blockers. If you look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 and 39. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, the first thing that will block a sign is a desire for entertainment and criticism only. They wanted a show, kind of like a David Copperfield magician show, so they could pick it apart and say, oh, well, this is what he did to make that look like that. And this is, he dropped some food coloring in the water to make it look like wine. They were not there to receive him as Christ. They were there only for entertainment and criticism. He goes, no, no sign available for you for that. And also, he said, if you have a desire for sin and the lie, you're not sign ready. What's desire for sin and the lie? You know, many of us desire a lie. I mean, a lie is actually easier for us, particularly if everybody else believes in the lie too. And he said, you are a... Wicked and adulterous generation, and you're asking for a sign, but you're not sign ready. Johnita and I went to one of our favorite restaurants, I won't give you the name, and we had one of our favorite waiters, I won't give you his name. But we love this guy. We talk about our kid and our 
grandchild and his child, and we just have this great conversation. We sat down at the table. He walks up, hey, hey, how you doing, recognition? And he, bam, dropped a big lie right in the middle of the table in his greeting. I won't tell you what the lie was. It has something to do with what's going on in social media, the media, and all across America right now. I don't want to just get distracted on what that lie was. But he dropped it right in the middle of our table. It would have been easier for us to go, yeah, yeah, whatever, even though we didn't believe it. But I couldn't let that lie sit on my table and drip on my feet during dinner. So I said, well, actually, I have a little different view on that. And I'd love to discuss it with you if you have time sometime. It was like I hit him in the face with a baseball bat. I sort of stumbled back the three steps. Like, what? Uh, uh, I, I can't believe that you don't believe the lie. He said, you're not sign ready if you have a desire for sin and the lie. And the last thing he says, if you reject DBR, you can't, you can't get the signs. What's the DBR? The DBR is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He pointed it out to the Pharisees and the lawyers at the time by saying, but none, that is no sign, will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. If you're less than 12 years old, I want you to answer this question. Jonah was swallowed by an elephant, a rhinoceros, or a big fish. There you go. Thank you. Jonah was in the belly of the fish one day, two days, or three days. Three days. If a 12-year-old can get this, you would think us grown-ups could figure it out. You see, he knew the Pharisees and the, and the lawyers knew about Jonah, the prophet. And he says, I will give you no sign except the DBR, my death, my burial, and my resurrection. It is, I want you all to write this up on the screen so everybody can see this. It is the only sign that is given regardless of your belief is the sign of the DBR. You can be an atheist. You can be agnostic. You can be a tire kicker. You're just trying to check out religions of all kinds, Christianity, whatever. You can be black, white, brown, American, European, Hispanic, Mexican, Asian, Australian, African. Everybody gets this sign. Everybody. Rich, poor, struggling. Everybody gets this sign. And everybody has an option to either accept the DBR or reject it. And if you reject the DBR, here's what happens. John 12, 37, 39, and 40. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. For this reason, they could not believe. Because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts. So first, we have to see and understand and accept the DBR to understand and to see the other signs that he's going to give us. But the first choice is ours. He said because they would not accept the signs, then he put it to where they could not see those other signs that he was given. So that means if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't accept what we just celebrated with the Lord's Supper, celebrating his death, burial, and resurrection, then your eyes are blinded to all of the other signs that are around you, natural and supernatural. 
all the people who actually have accepted the DBR see it, but you can't see it. And if you do see it, you can't understand it. But the people who have accepted the DBR understand it because they're given eyesight and he opens their heart. Now, if we do not reject the DBR, this is when the fun starts because we get sign pointers. We get sign pointers. And why do we need sign pointers? Sometimes we feel lost. Sometimes we're unsure about things. Sometimes we don't have all the answers. Sometimes we're sick, have health issues. Sometimes our marriage is on the rocks. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're disappointed. Sometimes we've done something right, and we'd like a pat on the back to make sure we're on the right path. Sometimes a marriage is great, and you just kind of want to keep it going. Sometimes a business is failing. And sometimes we're just scared, and we want to see a sign. We're about to see two more clips, and I want you to focus on both clips. The first focuses on Wilson. Wilson represents everything that is important to us other than our relationship with God. It represents our money, where we live, the house we live in, what we drive, what we do for a living. It represents everything that's important to us except our relationship with God. The wings represents the Holy Spirit and the relationship with God and Jesus as our Savior. And I want you to look at the difference in these two clips. In the Wilson relationship, we're going to see that it ends and something is revealed. We'll talk about it later. In the second clip, I want you to pay close attention to the dialogue. Grab your popcorn. Let's watch movie.
Read the note. This intersection is in the panhandle of Texas in Hemphill County. just about to figure that out. Well, that's 83 South. And this road here will hook you up with I-40 East. Um, if you turn right, that'll take you to Amarillo, Flagstaff, California. And if you head back that direction, you'll find a whole lot of nothing all the way to Canada. I got it. All right, then. Good luck, cowboy.
So um, Wilson represents life without Jesus as Lord. It's not real. It's a lie. It's not life-saving. It's fun. It's convenient. It's popular. It's pleasant. It's comfortable. Doesn't even ask anything of us. But in the end, it's just not able to sustain us. And in fact, it almost killed him. The wings of the angels represents life with Jesus as Lord. They revealed themselves as special very early on. And they were with him the whole time. They provided an inspiration for him. And those of you who have seen the movie, you know the specific thing that they did to help him get off the island. They literally saved his life as he wrote in the note at the end of the movie. I love the dialogue when she pulls up in that truck, said, you look lost. Where are you going? And he never really answered the question. He said, I'm about to figure it out. And I think that that's where we find ourselves in life at the crossroads so many times. But when we believe, we will be blessed with signs. In John chapter 20, verse 29, it says, Then Jesus told him, and he's talking to one of his disciples, Thomas, the one who doubted him. He says, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But there are those, particularly those at Lake Hills Church in Austin, B Caves, Texas, who have not seen and yet have believed. It says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So signs point to the truth, and signs are a blessing. They verify the truth, and they are a blessing to us. How? Well, I'll give you an example. Last Sunday, last summer, I spoke at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, Pastor Ed Young. It is the church that Mac and Julie grew up in, and a church that John Eden and I were members of 16 years before we moved to Austin. There's a picture of me somewhere right there teaching at Second Baptist Church in Houston. It's ginormous, several campuses. The services run Saturday evening at the main campus there at that church you saw. Sunday morning, 9.30 at that main campus. And then 11 o'clock service is out at the Katy campus. I drove my truck because I was driving straight back to Austin when I finished that last service. And I got in my truck, headed back to Austin. During that entire day, it was doing something in Texas that we're not familiar with now, it was raining, off and on, thunderstorms. By the time I drove down I-10 and got to Columbus, Texas after I gave the last service, the rain was coming down sideways. It was, the skies had opened up. People had pulled off the road to the left, to the right. But I got a big jacked up truck, six inch lift, 35 inch wheels, Rocky, Rocky Mountain Truck Works, GMC, Sierra. And when you got all that, you don't stop in the rain. You just keep rolling. And I passed another truck that appeared to be in a cross lane between the, the two areas of traffic, one going west, one going east. I thought he'd just pull over. But as I got closer, I realized he hadn't. He was actually in the ditch off of the crossover, and the back of his truck was up against the road sign. So I drove up to the next turnaround, came back, pushed down the window, 
driving rain. So, hey, can you need some help? You want, to, want me to pull you out? And he got this exalted look. He's like, yeah, I can't believe you're doing this in this rain. So I pulled the truck up to him, pulled him out. Afterwards, I said, how did you get over here? He says, well, I was driving a little fast, headed back to Austin, and I hit a water pocket, and it flipped my truck into the ditch over the crossway and backwards up, up against that road sign, and I couldn't get out. I said, man, that could have ended badly. You could have gone into the oncoming traffic. He goes, yeah, I know. He was a young man. He said, what do I owe you for doing this? I'm really apologized with all this rain. I said, you don't owe me anything. Just love God, love your neighbor, pass it on. And I noticed something about his truck. Across the front windshield were these huge letters, and they spelled out gratitude. And it made me think back to when I first saw the truck and I passed it the first time, I saw it, but it didn't register with me until I'm standing there talking to him in the rain after I pulled it out. These letters across the front of his truck, gratitude. I'd never seen that. I'm, I'm not saying I hadn't seen writings on the windshields of trucks. I had writing on the windshield of my truck. RMT was spelled out across the windshield. I didn't like it. I took a razor blade and took it off. It was too distracting for me. I've seen it. Shelby on other trucks. I had never, ever seen the word gratitude written across the windshield of any vehicle. The young man headed on down the road toward Bastrop. I changed shirts. I was soaking wet. Dried myself off best I could until I could get to Bucky's in Bastrop. And if you don't stop at Bucky's in Bastrop, we got counseling for you out in service after. <laughs> I caught up with him about the time I got to the Bucky's turnoff in Bastrop, Texas. What that told me is that he had slowed down a bit. As I pull up behind his truck, there was a car in the right lane. He was in the left lane. And I was about to exit to Bucky's. That car in the right lane next to his truck in the left lane had a sticker on the back window of that SUV. About the place you would see the sign that says baby on board. You know what it said? I'll give you one guess. Gratitude. Now, that may not mean anything to any of you sitting here. You may have gratitude all over your car. It may be all in your neighborhood. You may sell stickers that say gratitude. I'm telling you, I had never seen a sticker on any vehicle that had the word gratitude on it. And there they were going side by side past the Bucky's exit in Bastrop. What did it mean? I don't know. Maybe a lot. Maybe it meant I was doing something right that day. I don't know. Maybe it just meant gratitude. But it meant something. You want to see a sign? Hmm? I'll show you a sign. It came from your pastor, Pastor Mac. He ain't here. He sent me a text yesterday. He had no idea what I was going to speak on today. Last week when Joe and Julie brought the sermon after the service, he said, hey, what, are you, what movie are you going to pick to speak on next week? I said, Cast, I said, I can tell you, Pastor, but if you tell anybody, I'll have to kill you. He said, deal. So I said, cast away. I didn't tell him anything else. 
he sent me this text yesterday. Praying for you as you prep for tomorrow. Mostly prayers of gratitude for you and Johnita. Go get them. The signs are real. And Jesus meant it when he said, I want to send you signs. But you got to believe. And, and you got to live a life in my name. And I'm going to send you so many signs, you won't even be able to tell everybody about all of them because it'll be too many. Some of them will be private, just between him and you. Some of them will be with your family, just between you and them. Some of it will be with your business, just between you and your business associates. Some of it may be as a congregation for a church, but I'll send you signs. But you gotta accept me first. You gotta believe in the D, the B, and the R. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And then I'm gonna open up a whole world for you. Let's end with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with signs that you are there and that you have been there with us all along, just like the wings of the angels. And you invite us through prayer, supposition, crying out, and thoughts. You invite us into a relationship with you to ask for signs, to ask for the relationship with you, and you so freely give. And for that, for those of us who do believe, we're thankful. We don't always articulate what you've done for us, and sometimes we, we, we can't. Sometimes it's too personal. And those times when we do, give us the words to say it right so that others might be drawn to you. Because every sign is such that we believe and live our life in you. And if there are those here or watching online who have not yet accepted the D, the B, and the R, the DBR, your death, your burial, or your resurrection, open their hearts and their eyes so that they can believe. And then open up the life in you to them. And that can start today, right now. It's real simple. Just confess sins, turn away from the lies that surround us each and every day, and believe that Jesus is Lord, our Messiah, our Savior. And just like that, you join the family of believers. And if you've made that prayer request this morning, we have something that we want to do here. We want to reach out and gather around. We want to help you and pull alongside. We don't want to harass you. We don't, we don't want to bother you, but we do want to talk about what the next steps are. So if you fill out the QR card, come see us at the hub outside of church. We'll tell you what to do next. 
But we also want you to do something tangible this morning to stamp this day. We ask that you raise your hand as a sign that you have accepted, that you are now a believer. And we have something else that we do here. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, as you put your hands down, we put our hands together and say, welcome home.